Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield. Joining me is Bill Wagner of the Capital Gazette newspaper. We are bringing you a lacrosse special this week. We are going to be joined by Cindy Timschel of Navy Women's Lacrosse. She'll break down what happened against Army at home this past weekend and what to look forward to in their last game of the season up at Loyola and the Patriot League tournament ahead of that. We're also going to be joined by men's coach Joe Amplo, who presided over an amazing and electric victory uh, up at Army uh, over the weekend to get that star uh, and what he's looking forward to with Bucknell in the last game of the year under the lights on Friday night in Annapolis and then the Patriot League tournament beyond that. A Patriot League tournament berth, by the way, they earned by beating Army over the weekend. So not only was it huge for the Star Series, but it was also huge for their postseason lives. So let's talk about that Star Series. Spoiler alert, it ended at 20 to 4. Uh, Navy won 20 stars, Army won four. That's what I like to call an ash lacking. Uh, over the weekend on Sing Second Star Studded Saturday, we got the wins in the stars for men's lacrosse and men's tennis. Women's lacrosse unfortunately dropped their result, as did baseball. So let's talk about men's tennis. After dropping the doubles point, and it really did not look good. I was out there watching it with Coach Niamat out there at the uh, tennis courts off of Porter Road. They dropped that first doubles point, but Navy men's tennis then rallied. They won four straight set singles matches, uh, including one by Captain Derek Thompson, who joined the pod last week. And that resulted in a 4-1 victory over Army on Saturday afternoon. It was the regular season finale for both teams. And now they go into the Patriot League tournament, which will be hosted right back here at Navy. Wags, pretty huge win uh, for the men's tennis team. They finished the year 29-10 and and 8-0 in the league. This has got to be a team that's poised to win the Patriot League and possibly go to the NCAAs. Absolutely, John. And uh, you came over to men's lacrosse and said you had just been to tennis and they had dropped the doubles point. And I was a little surprised. I'm like, oh boy, not a good way to get start out of the gate but uh Sasha Panyan is the guy that really turned the tide the his number six singles match completed first and he won six one six four over Army's Jake Quarte and then it finished the next finisher for Navy was at number three singles that was Finn Garner son of the coach and he won six three six oh over Thomas Lake and so that's you know suddenly Navy had momentum and as you mentioned uh, they went and and finished them off. It went, uh, Derek Thompson got the next victory at number one singles, and then it was clinched by Gavin Seagraves at number two singles. So congratulations to the Navy tennis, uh, but you don't want to get too high on your horse because guess what? Navy women's tennis beat Army in the star match and then turned around in the Patriot League tournament and lost to Army. And, and you took the words right out of my mouth, Wags. It was a very head-scratching 
four nothing defeat uh, to Army. You know, the Navy women's tennis team, they were the second seed. They had beaten the Army very soundly earlier in the season. We were there. Uh, and then they were defeated 4-0 um, up there at the Patriot League tournament in Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, it was it was a great season. They finished with their third best win total in history. Emily Tannenbaum, who played a majority of the year at number one signals, recorded her 47th combined win of the season, uh, which is the second highest combined win total uh, for a season in the history of the Navy women's tennis program. But now that season is over. Uh, so I know that Coach Garner and the boys are going to be informed by that and host a very good uh, tournament here over the weekend and hopefully win that tournament to add to the silverware. Uh, let's talk about baseball. So the other star match that did not end the way that we wanted it was Navy men's baseball or Navy baseball against Army up there over the weekend. They just got they got trounced uh, in the first two games of the uh, of the series on Saturday. They were able to rebound and and get like the the rubber match or not the rubber match, but the third game in the series. But Wags, they are now 18 and 22. They're nine and 13 in conference. More importantly, is the the defeat against Bucknell at home earlier in the week, and then losing two of three to Army now sees us 9-13 and 13 in conference and outside looking in, looking up at Lehigh to even get into the four-team Patriot League tournament. This was not the result that we wanted, and, and things have now got to look pretty bleak for Coach Kostakopoulos. They've got one last series to try to make this up. They host Lafayette at home Saturday for a doubleheader and then Sunday, but I, even if they sweep this series, they might be they might be done. Yeah, Saturday was pretty disappointing, John. And eighteen runs in the doubleheader Saturday—that says it all. And the pitching just didn't get the job done. Uh, Nate Mitchell started the opener, and he gave up nine runs. And then Liam Golden started game two, and he didn't have such a good day. And that's kind of been the story. I know Coach Costacopoulos feels the pitching's progressed, but it's just not there. It's not what Navy's accustomed to with frontline starting pitching. And uh, you can't give up nine runs in games and expect to win. And especially when you, you've you been scuffling a little bit offensively. So yeah, Navy's put now in a little bit of a pickle. They are out of the Patriot League tournament picture for the moment. They were in it going up to West Point and, and two of three losses. And they are now back out of it. So I think Lee has moved into position four. Um, for now, uh, Navy needs to uh, sweep the final series and uh, may need some help in order to get back into tournament contention. And I can tell you, I, I'll have to go look, but it's been a long time since Navy did not make the Patriot League tournament in baseball, John. Yeah, Costi and the boys do not want that to happen. I know you and I were at the stadium against Bucknell, uh, where they're, I think, their first baseman. He absolutely he hit a ball that I honestly thought was going to hit like the guard shack um, right there coming into gate eight. And it's kind of emblematic of the pitching this year. You know, I'm not saying that Bobby Applegate, uh, who's now at uh, CSU Pueblo coaching, he's the head coach at his alma mater out there. I'm not saying that that was the reason that the pitching has struggled so much, but geez, it, it has just been one of those years where they'll get that great pitching performance like they got on Sunday up at Army, 
but it's a little bit too little and a little bit too late. Um, so yeah, it really in the end, you got to hope for the best. You got to sweep Lafayette over the weekend. First things first though, Wags, they've got to today as we record this, they've got to go to college park and play number 24 in the country, Maryland, a team that is absolutely hitting space shuttles off of their bats. It might get ugly out in college park, but yeah, really the games, the only ones that matter are the ones against Lafayette. So we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the other two star games that took place over the weekend, the women's game against Army at home, the men's electric overtime victory up at West Point with Cindy Timschel and Joe Amplo. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. Navy Baseball will be celebrating Senior Day on Saturday, April 30th, prior to its 1 p.m. matchup with Lafayette. In addition, the first 100 fans in attendance will receive a free Navy Baseball pint glass. Then on Sunday, May 1st, the team will be hosting a free post-game youth clinic following their 1 p.m. game versus Lafayette. The free clinic is open to all kids aged 12 and under, and clinic participants should bring their own bats and gloves. Speaking of kids' clinics, Navy sports camps are offered throughout the year, and registration is open now by visiting NavySports.com and clicking on the Camps tab. At Navy Sports Camps, every camper has the opportunity to learn from the coaching staff, develop new relationships, and understand what it takes to be a Navy student-athlete. Log on to NavySports.com and click on the Camps tab today. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Sing Second Sports Podcast. It is now time for our coaches segment. It is Focus on Lacrosse Week. Both programs coming off of their star games and looking forward to the end of the season and the Patriot League tournament. Uh, Let's talk about the women's program first. For the first time in program history, the number 24 ranked uh, Navy women's lacrosse team dropped the annual star game to Army. Uh, We got four goals from Jill Eby. Um, Some pretty good defensive effort, but a lot of shots not on cage. Um, Other than EB, it was kind of a tough day. Uh, And it did not help us a lot that Lacey Bartholomew, the goalie for Army, kind of stood on her head and had 17 saves. So let's bring in Coach Cindy Timschel to break this down and kind of tell us where we're at going forward. Coach, number one, thanks for joining us. Number two, tell us what happened on Saturday and how do you rebound to make sure that you uh, get a, a win that you need against Loyola? Obviously a very, um, you know, disappointing loss to Army. You know, give them credit for coming in and being well-prepared for us. Uh, maybe not having a game during the week had helped them. However, you know, we felt prepared. Uh, maybe not all shots were in goal, but we generated scoring opportunities that, um, yes, um, you know, Army goalie uh, played tough. I thought our goalie played tough too. Just, you know, just uh, miscues throughout the game that, you know, allowed Army to get that gap in the second half and, uh, you know, etched a win against us. So um, our players are, you know, obviously incredibly, you know, disappointed and sad and, you know, rebounding. You know, we always credit our team as being resilient, um, looking at the next opportunity to compete. Uh, as you know, for this 2022 season, competing after 21 and 20 is was the name of the game. To have any opportunity to step out on the field and play, 
And so there's be no difference when we have this chance to go up to Loyola on Thursday, uh, moving forward and having a chance to play the number six team in the country. So I know you didn't want it to happen on your watch and eventually Army was going to break that streak and, and get a victory against, um, against the midshipmen. Do you find it to be, and I know you don't want to talk about the impact that you've had and you don't want it to be about you, but do, do you view the win of, uh, of Army and their ascendancy as a program as kind of a credit to where Patriot League lacrosse is going compared to what it was like when you first got to Navy? Oh, yes. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, I first, uh, when we first got to the Naval Academy, I arrived, you know, after a year of competing in club and, and establishing a Division One schedule, um, the first game we played at home was against the defending Patriot League champs in Holy Cross and beat them. Um, you know, and then, of course, the enhancement of, of the Patriot League was when um, initially when they added Loyola and Boston College, both perennial contenders, you know, one in the Big East with Loyola and Boston University was a perennial champion in the, at, at the time, I believe it was the America, America East Conference. And so that really ignited a lot of interest and chi within our, you know, conference. And then, of course, the addition of Army um, just allowed another service academy as you know, the kind of competition we have, whether it's in football or men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse, you know, the soccer's, the basketballs, you know, all of our sports embrace the idea of, you know, Army, you know, putting the same kind of emphasis and attention that Navy has, you know, done in particular in our sport of men's and women's lacrosse uh, and women's lacrosse, you know, um, there's going to be a time when there's just going to be a hiccup for us. Um, you know, obviously, um, it's just a reminder of how sport can go and how it can be um, when you look at all sport, whether coming off of March Madness and basketball and knowing how, you know, things happen in games, you know, unexpectedly. And it was tough for us to come back and rebound on Saturday's game. But we do hope, you know, we have worked hard all this season and our seniors in particular who have gone through so much through the pandemic and playing now as seniors you know, to, to, you know, stay the course, you know, be positive and work hard for our next opportunity. Wax? Well, on that front, Cindy, I mean, obviously you can put the Army loss behind in a big way if you go up to Baltimore and beat Loyola on its own <laughs> field of Ridley Athletic Complex. Can you talk about the next game that's in front of you? I mean, they still have the opportunity to win the Patriot League regular season championship with a victory. There's a lot at stake, and certainly we're up for the task of competing very, very hard. And I liked what you said. You know, it's an opportunity to put, you know, a loss behind. We look at, you know, when to have, have lessons in learning in losses. However, they do provide an opportunity to grow. And, and ask, can we be a better team after the loss on Saturday? Um, and this is an opportunity for Navy, as you said, Bill, to get back on track, to go up to Loyola and, um, you know, be tough, um, play, you know, get the shots that we've been getting. Let's try to land some of these shots, you know, execute well on offense, play tough D, you know, win some draws. Now we can be in a good position you know, on Thursday for an opportunity for Navy Women's across. 
So we're reading some of the NCAA tournament projections. Navy has been ranked all year. You've yep. only dropped one. Now, this is, you know, your first loss within conference to Army, yet the projections were that the Patriot League would only get one bid. Why do you think the Patriot League continues to be, you know, set, set aside as a one-bid league? I think that this league has shown that it's worthy of two bids in, in most seasons. Yes, yes. And um, that is something that will work to get in the ears of the selection committee that we've worked really hard. And certainly both Loyola and us have been represented in the NCAAs and been consistent performers. We go to the NCAAs and we win games. Um, I, I think that's a clear message. And it'd be great to have at least for the Patriot League, that opportunity. I mean, we've grown. I think one year, you know, we had to go to fly out to Oregon to do, a, to do essentially a playing game when they had an old paradigm of playoffs and the number of participating teams. Um, I did, it's coming. You know, when Clemson adds to the ACC next year, which allows them to have 10 teams, um, we are qualified for more NCAA bids and in the process, I believe that the Patriot League will be in a position to have at least two or more teams, you know, that can be represent this conference and push forward into the NCAAs. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Clemson. I had not quite realized that they were starting up women's lacrosse, which is wonderful, a big football school like that. Uh, I was out at St. Mary's uh, girls lacrosse game and found out one of their players – is heading to Clemson. So that's how I found out from the St. Mary's coach. Let me know that. I mean, to add to that, you know, Clemson, it, it's such a brilliant idea because there's so much added value for adding women's across, just like it was here at the Naval Academy. And with that, Clemson looked at this opportunity to add a, a, a really added value women's sports program in the spring that they will enhance not only their sports and the, the university of itself, but also, you know, add an ele another element in, in the ACC. So we feel it's a, a real strong message for, you know, Power Five schools and schools all over the country to add women's across. I'm just putting in my little bid for that. Um, and as you said, going to a St. Mary's game and hearing that there are um, athletes, many athletes from this area look in the areas, you know, in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, to continue their college sport, you know, endeavors at, in higher education. So not to dwell on the Army game, but I did want to bring up one little interesting point. In women's lacrosse, there is the strategy of the face guard, which is, in essence, a shutoff. And yeah. they don't really do that in men's lacrosse because I don't really think it would work. But I guess it's akin to a box and one in basketball. But what is a way, and so just so the audience knows if they didn't watch the game, Navy's leading scorer, Reagan Roloffs, got shut off. So she, Reagan scored on a nice cutting move on the very first possession of the game, and then she never scored again. So I guess you have to say that the face guard shutoff was effective. What is a way to counteract that and make the defense pay for that strategy, Cindy? Yes, I mean, um, and we're seeing it more often now as we get towards – you know, whether, you know, the ACC has done the regular season, uh, women's lacrosse, and now they're 
you know, they start this week in their tournament starting on Wednesday. Everybody has had that opportunity now where they're sprinkling in more shutoffs or face guards, if you want to call it. And certainly for us, I mean, Reagan got six shots. Um, you know, it's the first time all season she's been face guarded, and you're going to, like, see this happening. Um, it is a little challenging, just like you talked about it. Like, in men's lacrosse, it's difficult to do. In women's lacrosse, we have you no know, rules such as three seconds on the fence and shooting space calls that really do make it difficult. Um, Army was able to pull it off, and the credit to them. Like I said, you know, Reagan usually shoots a little bit better when given the opportunity you know, it's just unfortunate. Again, our, our shots were just, you know, off the mark. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I kind of felt like we were shooting like uh, Villanova was shooting when they were off the mark on the three-point shooting in oh, men's that, basketball. We were just off the mark. That is low, Coach. That is low. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like the love. Remember we talked about the best part of, of Villanova was, was Jay Wright. But you know what I'm saying? You count on these shots. With your marquee players, you know, credit to the Army goalkeeper. Uh, maybe we were just a little tight when we went in, but certainly we generated the offense we felt that could, um, you know, get us in position to be successful on the field. And as you said, going back to the point of Bill is the idea that, yes, Reagan was shut off. She had her, her looks, um, you know, um, and we just worked more diligently and diligently. You know, we had prepared for the American game early on. We only had a couple days to prepare for that. You know, now we're more, much more aware of whether it's Reagan or Jill or anybody who could be face guarded in, in, in our, not even our sport, but on our team and the, the upside and the downside of doing that. And, you know, credit Army for that. Last for me before I turn it back over to John, but as you play Loyola on Thursday night, it brings up, the question about fifth and sixth year students, <laughs> graduate students, super seniors, super, super seniors. How long is this phenomenon going to go on? I mean, it, it's a trickle down effect. So if I'm correct, freshmen that were, you know, kids that were freshmen during the COVID year of 2020, they get an extra year. So this, this is going on now. It wasn't just, to me, it made sense to let the seniors from 2020 have an extra year. I didn't know about giving every single player that was on a roster an extra year, but this is now going to go on for how long? When do you see this finally ending and us getting back to regular roster sizes? And, you know, the person, the people being hurt are the high school kids because there's nowhere to go. Rosters are so filled. You know, they got super seniors, graduate students, and then they take transfers. And the last people they take are actual high school recruits. <laughs> You know, uh, Bill, you, you, we could do a whole separate podcast, you know, with, with, um, you know, with John and you about the whole, whole landscape of college athletics. I don't, even in the idea of having, you know, the name likeness and image become more than just maybe a weekly, you know, pass, you know, at one of the fast food places for your athletes. Um, it's become a multimillion dollar endeavor and so in in this particular situation you know like you say sprinkling in the grad students sprinkling in the idea of super seniors and then uh you know taking a peek into the you know transfer portal and then offering up whether it's academic money 
Um, there's a, I, there's one score, maybe Louisville, you know, you get a 3.0, you get another, another you know, 6,000 on top of your COA. So it, there's a lot going on, as you mentioned. Now, you're saying like the forgotten classes are these younger students in high school looking for opportunities. Some have chosen to stay another year and do, you know, a, a, a graduate uh, PG type year um, so that all this cycles through. And Bill, you're correct. I think initially we thought, come on, these seniors deserve their senior, you know, their class. And then it was every class. So it may take another year to kind of, you know, sort its way out. And as you know, always people are looking for athletes that can come in and make, make their team, you know, you know, there's, there's players at Carolina that instantly made kind of that glue that holds their offense together. You know, a, a player, like Adave from Notre Dame has really been impactful in the level of success as well as everyone surrounding her at, at uh, you know, University of North Carolina. And those are the things that college coaches are looking for. You know, our directive is to provide this enhancing, amazing experience for our, for our students. And transfers have always been there, but it's really highlighted, put a spotlight on the idea of, of the transfer portal, the NLI, and the idea of, hey, now you have a whole like Ivy League where, you know, certain schools, you know, don't have the grad program already. For example, you know, like the Princeton goalie will be arriving at Georgetown's campus for next year to go to grad school. So it's a way that's going to be for a while and it's an opportunity for them to compete and be playing, you know, and they're much older athletes for sure. <clears throat> so something that you might want to bring up with Joe, he can talk about that. And- when I get off, but um, it's an exciting time for um, college athletics, but very different. And, you know, as college coaches, we need to landscape, you know, like look at the whole landscape and see how we can embrace not only the greatness of our athletes, but all these other programs are just looking to enhance the programs with other amazing athletes. Well, it's great perspective, Coach, and I know that you care about the the sanctity and the purity of the game, too. So we we thank you for uh, joining yes. us. We know that there's a ton on the line um, as we get into the last uh, game of the season. Army gets to play the last place team or the tide for last place team. We've got to go up to Loyola and play all these super seniors that Wags was talking about. So it's a difference between winning and being the number one seed and hosting throughout or being the number three seed still hosting a game uh, and going from there. So we certainly wish you the best up at Loyal. We know that the ladies are going to rebound. And thank you again for joining the pod. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Coach Cindy Timschel of Navy Women's Lacrosse. Let's get right into it. Coach Joe Amplo of Navy Men's Lacrosse had a different result over the weekend, a very surprising win in the, in the eyes of many, many people, uh, winning the star up at Army against the number six ranked Black Knights. Uh, in his only shift of the game, like lone appearance, like looking like you know the expert puppet master that he is, Coach Amplo puts Jack Sweeney in. He gets the game-winning goal 58 seconds into overtime. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, we get the star, and we get into the Patriot League tournament. So, Coach Amplo, number one, thank you for joining the pod. Number two, walk us through how that all went down, because I'll tell you what, there was a lot of grit. There was a lot of heart out there, and it resulted in a much-needed uh, W, not just for the star, but for your postseason existence. 
Well, great to be here, John and Bill. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, credit to Brad Ross for dialing up the play and, uh, and major kudos to Jack Sweeney for just doing his job in a very stressful moment. I mean, truthfully, all I said to the kid after um, we, we called his number and sent him out there, I said, look, I'm on the Sing Second podcast on Tuesday, and we need to sing second today if I'm going to have any credibility on that podcast. So please get this done for me. See, there you go. We're, we're a motivator. <laughs> Well, uh, I know Wags wants to get into the X's and O's for you, but you know, looking at this in totality, you're you're part of a twenty and four record now. Um, and I know that you don't want to dwell on the Army win because there's still one more game, and then the Patriot League tournament, and then hopefully going deep into May in the NCAA tournament. I know that's where your focus is. But what's it like now being a part of an overall twenty and four star record against Army? which literally is an, is a total shellacking and to get that W over the weekend had to mean a lot to you. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, listen, I, I, we, we certainly, we all appreciate as coaches and, and members of this institution, how important the army game is. I've certainly felt it very quickly in my tenure here. Um, and, and it's funny, I was talking to coach Albarisi prior to the game from army and, and you know, he said to me, he said, you know, you lose one of these and you wait a year for the next opportunity. And, uh, and that, that, that thing get lost on me during the game is like, I don't want to feel that, you know? And I also wanted to join in the celebration of this. We've done such a good job from, a, from a department of, of having a, a banner year in the star series. You don't want to be one of the few programs on the outside looking in, you know, and you want to, you want to join in that, in that celebration of success. So I'm really happy and grateful that we had an opportunity to do that on Saturday. Well, just to give our listeners some context, first and foremost, you mentioned about Jack Sweeney getting his only sit to the game. That's because Jack Sweeney's a member of the extra man unit. And remarkably, Army never committed a penalty during regulation somehow. Really amazing. I've not been to too many lacrosse games where a team didn't commit a penalty in uh, 60 full minutes of action. Joe, have you seen that all very often? Uh, it happened for us once against Colgate this year. That's one of the few times, and we were on the uh, the positive side of that in the Colgate game. I just kept telling the officials, I said, look, you know, the Navy guys protect your freedom too. Uh, and I just, I, I think they felt obligated in overtime to uh, to make sure that, that we had a time-serving foul. But uh, it led to one of the greatest lines, and I paraphrase, but I think Coach Amplo during his CBS Sports Network interview said, Jack Sweeney played 20 seconds and had the greatest game of his life. And it's true. He'll uh, forever remember scoring the game-winning goal against Army. What have you done for me lately? And, uh, you know, I'm just so proud of that young man. I mean, listen, it's not the role he dreamed of. I said it to the, to the TV guys. You know, as a senior captain, you don't dream of just playing extra man, especially he's had such an impact on this program through his four years. But he's never complained. He's never wavered with the role that he's been given. And, uh, and clearly on Saturday, at least, and, uh, and most of the time this year, when, when put in, he's done his job. I was going to say, he didn't come over and say, Coach, think about what I, how many goals I could score if I played more than 20 seconds. No, you know, look, he's, he's a senior captain at the Naval Academy. I mean, he, there's a reason why he has those things, right? And he is who he is, because he's going to take the role and do his job to the best of his ability. So I was actually happened to talk to Athletic Director Chuck Gladchuck yesterday, and uh, he was up there at West Point to witness it in person. And we were both remarked that Xavier Arline showed up and was the Xavier Arline that we have been told about 
since he came to the Naval Academy, a number six overall recruit in his recruiting class. He looked great. And I think it's a byproduct of Xavier finally being healthy, but he was exactly what he's been advertised as a guy behind the goal who can accelerate, beat a defender, cause a slide or score himself. I thought Xavier played terrific. How much of a lift did he provide on Saturday coach? A tremendous lift. I think certainly his physical presence on the field, but also emotionally, you know, he was able to calm us down, honestly, in that environment for him to play with such confidence um, and, you know, swagger and not arrogance, but just a confidence that, you know, you normally don't see in, in the Army Navy games. And, um, and he had it. And I think that calmed us. You know, he had this calming presence on the sidelines when he would come into the huddles. You know, he's one of the only few guys who he's the only guy who played on that field yeah, prior to that you know, in the Army-Navy football game the year before. And he's done it in front of 70,000 people, and he's, he's got that experience. So he's got a calming presence about him. I'm just so damn proud of the kid for managing the game. You know, he played like a quarterback out there on Saturday where, you know, after only practicing for three days live prior to that event, um, it could have went south. He could have made some, some bad decisions, but he really played within himself and, and, and took advantage of his moments when he had them. So I was listening to the radio on the way to the Navy Army Navy women's game, and Pete Metters had said that you had told him before the game it's going to take twelve goals, and sure enough, that's exactly what it took. Army is a potent team; they've been averaging fifteen plus goals a game. But despite the fact it was twelve eleven, I thought from the time I was watching the game before I had to leave for Annapolis to go to the women's game that Pat Ryan really stepped up and played well. He made some terrific saves, stole some goals. And you know what? He was really fiery. I recall at one time out, he came, he had just made a big save and he came running off the field and he was really fired up and really getting at teammates and barking. And then uh, it seems to me like your goalie has grown up right before our eyes, Joe. Yeah, he's doing a great job. I, I, you know, aside from one okay performance against BU, he's been steady the whole year. Like you said, Bill, he has stole some, some goals from the other team. He's been mostly consistent throughout he's commanded the defense and he does have that that presence about him now with the personality and i'm really proud of him how he's grown and matured this season and i think his best his best performances are yet, are yet to come and last but not least before i put it over to john you, you i think somebody's an all-american his name's patrick skolniak he looked like an all-american on that field saturday he he's he's a big boy midfielder now um what can you say about patrick in the season he's had you're, you're spot on. I mean, he's reliable. He's playing like an All-American on the greatest stage for us this year. He has stepped up. Um, you know, there's not many low moments for him. And when there is a low moment, he comes right right back around and uh, and makes a, a great play, whether it's a goal or an assist or, or, or just a play that most people won't notice. He has stepped up to be a very consistent top-end player for us. So, Coach, I'll jump in, you know, put on your uh, scouting cap and let us know what we'll see later on in the week under the lights uh, against a Bucknell team. You know, you guys have clinched. Bucknell has clinched. You've got an opportunity with Army having to play number one seed BU. Uh, if you can get a win uh, and Army gets a loss uh, in this last week of the season, you could be as high up as the four seed uh, tell us what to expect against a Bucknell team that's coming to Annapolis uh, Friday night. Hey, John, well, let me I... just jump in real quick. And so there's one other element to that. Lehigh has to lose as well. Correct, Joe? I think Strauss sent out the uh, 
the what has to happen. I think you need Army and Lehigh to lose to get that that top four seed. Yeah, I think so. Right? Guys, well, I'd, I don't know. Man, go ahead, Coach. I, I'd be lying to you if I told you I knew what the scenarios are. I know Strauss, uh, the Reaper, my friend, the Reaper. He sent out the uh, the scenarios um, out. I don't read them honestly. Uh, I'm really just focused on Bucknell, and that's not like coach speak. I just I don't have time to try and figure out the the matrix of we'll play somebody on Tuesday. It'll be somewhere, and I'm hopeful it's home. But if it's not, it is what it is. And we've got to be focused on trying to prepare for a very good Bucknell team. They play as fast and confident as any team I've seen on tape this year, and certainly you know fast and as fast and confident as as any team we've played. The game is going to be electric on Friday night. There is going to be an energy on that field simply because the way Bucknell plays. They are, it's gas pedal down, it's turbo, hit the button. We have nitrous oxide in the tank and we're going. Um, They are going to look to score goals in every single way possible. So we have got to be really smart with the ball, strong with the ball on our stick, and we have to defend transition everywhere. So uh, it's something we haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, so we're going to be really hard for us to mimic that in practice. And we've got to, we, we've got to be really smart to, uh, to try and control them going from their defensive end and their faceoff game to the offensive end. Well, coach, I know that we'll be there on Friday, uh, cheering you on, hoping for that win. And yeah, we'll let the numbers fall where they may. I'm always just rooting for army to lose, which made this past weekend extra, uh, special for me, but coach, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see what, uh, We'll see what happens here on Friday night, but congrats on making the postseason and here's to uh, extending it deep into May. Thanks guys. Appreciate being with you. All right. We'll see you on Friday. All right. Thanks coach. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was coach Joe Amplo of the Navy men's lacrosse team. Thank you to coach Amplo and to Cindy Timschel for joining us um, on this special coaches session in a big, big week for lacrosse coming off of star games going into the last week and then starting the Patriot League turn- tournament next week. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Wags and I will take this baby out. This is Sing Second Sports. A final set of announcements from the Naval Academy Athletic Association this week. As John mentioned, the Navy men's lacrosse team returns home Friday, April 29th for a 7 p.m. matchup with Bucknell to finish off the regular season. Be sure to get to the stadium early as the team will be celebrating Senior Day prior to the start of the game. In addition, the first 1,000 fans will receive Navy light-up sticks to help us light up Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium for the lone night game of the season. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. And speaking of tickets, Navy football season tickets are on sale now. Experience the pageantry and excitement of Navy football all season long by purchasing or renewing your season tickets today. To secure those Navy football season tickets, dial 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thanks again to Joe Amplo and Cindy Timschel for joining us. I know that was tough for Cindy. Uh, She's been such a great friend of the pod. Um, I immediately gave them the opportunity. I thought I was going to be talking to two coaches, or at least I was hoping I was going to be talking to two coaches who got stars over the weekend. I even offered coach, you know, hey, if you don't want to come on and talk about the loss, you know, please don't. It's all cool. And she's like, oh, no, I, you know, let's talk about it. Let's look at what's ahead and, and go from there. You know, these are lessons to be learned. And I hope by listening to this podcast, 
uh, everyone has access to those great lessons from amazing coaches. So what else is going on this weekend? We've talked about the women going up to uh, Loyola on Thursday, the men hosting Bucknell on Friday night under the lights for lacrosse. Mike Burke, Pat Owen, and the golf team, they'll also be going up to uh, Pennsylvania up at the Lafayette course to compete in the Patriot League tournament up there. Good luck to them. And again, good luck to Coach Garner, uh, Derek Thompson, the rest of the men's tennis as they come off their star win to host the Patriot League tournament here at the Naval Academy. What else is going on this week? Hmm, a small thing like the NFL draft. Uh, so starting Thursday, whether it's Evan Neal or Kayvon Thibodeau or the dude from Georgia who apparently is the number one pick now, the NFL draft will begin. It is always a spectacle. It's always something I look forward to. And in particular this year, Wags, I am looking forward to it because not necessarily on Thursday night, maybe on Friday night, but definitely over the weekend in rounds four through seven, uh, we are going to hear Diego Figo's name called. When do you think it'll be? And what do you think the future portends for him? Well, you never know with the NFL draft. I, I feel he should be drafted on the final day, third day, uh, Saturday, uh, which is kind of where Navy guys have been drafted. Those that have been drafted, Joe Cardona, Keenan Reynolds, Malcolm Perry, they all went on Saturday. It's usually uh, around two, three o'clock in the afternoon that it happens. I feel Diego absolutely should be picked in that realm. Um, frankly, to be honest, if he wasn't a service academy athlete with, you know, always questions regarding the service situation and not, you know, clear answers, you know, he probably might be higher. He could be as high as a third round. He's that good. He's legit. He is an NFL football player. He should be playing on Sundays without question. You know, we mentioned the situation. There is the policy is still in place. Donald Trump put a policy in place with the Department of Defense that allows service academy athletes to play professional sports immediately after graduation. They defer their commission. And if they, you know, and Cameron Kinley was the perfect example. He got a chance to try out with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He did not make the team. And guess what? He got commissioned. He's now serving. Win-win for everyone. Um, so that policy is still in place. And last year, everyone knows that there was a hiccup with Cameron Kinley because the acting secretary of the Navy declined to forward his requests upward to the secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin. And we don't need to go in all the nuts and bolts, but the bottom line is Cameron Kinley appealed and he won the appeal and he was approved by the secretary of the defense. So hopefully none of those shenanigans go on this year and that the secretary of the Navy approves the requests and the Department of Def the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, then rubber stamps it, and these guys are allowed to play. And I'm sure Air Force and Army have some NFL prospects that they're hoping get an opportunity. And we cannot forget Michael McMorris. And I'll be writing an article this week uh, about both Diego and Michael McMorris. Now, I don't know that Michael McMorris is going to be drafted, but I do firmly believe he'll be signed quickly after the draft as a preferred free agent. So, uh, but Michael really performed well every time he got in front of scouts. In fact, he was, he and Diego were recently invited to a private workout with the Washington commanders. Um, but, you know, I was at the Navy pro day and Michael McMorris was terrific. His vertical leap is off the charts, 38 and a half inches. So he may be five, eight, five, nine, but he plays much bigger because of that vertical leap. And we know how 
tough and competitive Michael is. Um, basically was Navy's top cover corner for the final three years of his career. So I also believe Michael McMorris will get an opportunity to play pro football as well, John. So it'll be interesting to see this weekend how it all shakes out. But I think by Monday, both Diego and Michael will be with NFL teams. And let's not forget uh, the article you wrote regarding Jen Coleman. Let's not forget that the highest draft pick since David Robinson in the form of Matt Nishida, uh, these are also athletes looking for in the next month, um, you know, that, that granularity on their future. Um, we can debate it back and forth. I know that there are fans of that option uh, who listen to the pod and their, their opponents um, of that policy who listen to the pod. For me, I think these are very rare occasions and you're not talking about athletes who are trying to skirt their commitment. They understand what their commitment is. Doing this podcast has done nothing but galvanize my belief that all of these athletes are not only coached by amazing coaches and led by amazing administrators, but they are extremely ever mindful of the importance of their commitment. And if they get an opportunity to play professional sports, I promise you all that scoff at that opportunity, they will find a way for, for this to be worth it for the brand of the U.S. Naval Academy so that we can continue to bring in the best and the brightest women and men of character and consequence to perform on the athletic fields and then go on to be people of consequence out there in society. We need more of those. So good luck to Diego. Good luck to Michael McMorris. And good luck to the rest of the brigade of midshipmen as we record this. This is kind of the last week of classes. I think May 4th, may the 4th be with you, by the way, is when finals begin. Uh, so good luck to everyone as they buckle down and, and try to finish this year strong. The dark ages are done. Spring is here. Let's get some wins this weekend for lacrosse and in the Patriot League tournaments for all of our teams. For Wags and Chris, I'm John. This is Sing Second Sports. We are out. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play -play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.